0: That's heritageradionetwork.org slash 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: Today's program is brought to you by Whole Foods Market. For more information, visit wholefoodsmarket.com.
2: I'm Linda Palaccio, host of A Taste of the Past. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more.
3: Hey, everybody, and welcome to The Farm Report, where we talk about the nitty-gritty of agriculture and food production each week. I'm your host, Holly Cederholm, and this week marks the end of the winter season and my final episode of The Farm Report. I'll be passing the reins back to Aaron Fairbanks, but first, to welcome the spring season, I'm bringing you a special glimpse of the inner workings of a seed company. It's February, and warm by Oregon standards, I've joined a caravan of rental cars packed to capacity with seed growers in town for the Biennial Organic Seed Growers Conference and on a tour of Territorial Seed Company. After visiting the seed company's headquarters, our second stop within the small town of Cottage Grove is a warehouse dedicated to seed storage and sorting. Here, I caught up with the owner, Tom Johns, who, along with his wife, Julie, purchased Territorial from its founder in 1985.
4: In this facility, what we do is we package the seed uh, for our, primarily for our mail order customers and our uh, commercial grower customers. We're uh, dealers for the world's major seed producers, and we're also seed growers ourselves. And um, once we place our orders and the orders come in, uh, they come in through the door and they're all uh, checked in and they're put into the cold storage facility that you were in.
3: It's basically the biggest refrigerator I've ever seen. Behind swinging double doors, a room large enough to fit the entire contingent of 20 or so touring seed farmers is proportioned into order by floor-to-ceiling metal and wooden shelves. Each shelf is labeled according to some internal catalog system consisting of a letter and a number and is brimming with seed in 50-pound sacks, 5-gallon plastic buckets, and standard-sized manila envelopes. Altogether, there's over 800 hundred varieties of seed in the cold room and enough individual seeds to plant some serious acreage.
4: That facility is temperature and humidity controlled and so in that environment the seed will only age approximately three months in a year's time. So that's the best way to store seed um, other than freezing it and so we're trying we turn our seed uh, relatively quickly but uh, we want it to remain in a pristine condition until packaging. As we go to fill different varieties of seed on some of our seed filling machines, they will pull the seed from the cold room and then make their fills and then the remaining seed will go back and live in the cold room.
3: One such machine used to fill Territorial's colorful brand bearing seed packets is called the Stampright Seed Pack 2000, model number two. Up close, it sounds like an industrial sized stapler as it rhythmically fills and seals envelopes of round pea seeds. Its operator, Justin, pulls out his earbuds and powers down the freestanding seed pack to talk to me.
5: Uh, basically, you just load, load your seed up in the hopper at the top of the machine, and it feeds it down into a vibrating bowl. The speed on that can be adjusted to however you need it. And And
2: why would you adjust it to different vibrations for different sizes? For different
5: sizes. Larger seed, you got to have more power to push it up around, and they're generally larger envelopes, an ounce, as opposed to a gram. The smaller seed just, you know, doesn't need to go as fast to achieve the smaller amount. And the the carousel in the middle picks up the packets, carries it around, and... uh, it just carries it through the machine, and it gets uh, filled and folded and sealed and just spits right out the end, Right, and I can just pick it up and
2: put it, in put it the right box into a box. I, so, I put
5: it right into the box.
2: So right now you're packing, uh, we were told that you're packing additional seeds, so you've already packed the majority yes. of the seed for the season, but this is stuff that you've maybe sold out of or new stuff that's coming in. Yeah,
5: so, or something maybe that we didn't have seed for for the first round, oh. so we had to wait do it later.
2: Have you ever been at this machine for long enough to know, like, the rate of seed pack fulfillment? Like, it's, like, how many packages per hour or something like that?
5: Um, generally, I on the, the Seed Pack 2 machine, I could do 10,000-plus envelopes a day, depending yeah. on... Depend, it depends on the order. So if you have four or five orders for 5,000 apiece... You'll get more of that done as opposed to having 20 orders for 500 apiece. piece. Yep, because just of the is, extra cleanup time. And yeah, because
2: you clean, um, you have to clean out between each absolutely. because otherwise you might get some different seeds in the packages. Yes. And especially, um, so that's
3: considered a contaminant in the seed world, having seed. That's sure, not yeah. true. Territorial Seed Company also relies on a straightforward system of cups and scoops to fill seed packets by hand. The scoops, one set is stainless steel, the other, rigid yellow plastic, are akin to the measuring spoons treasured by bakers. They use volume to approximate an exact seed count, and they're rather reliable.
5: Packing by hand, you, I think you'd probably get more consistent weights. Oh. Uh, just because we have, I don't know if you saw the scoops and, hanging over there, all different sizes of scoops and cups and all that, and you, you know, before you start, you... You pick which scoop you want you measure, get it the weight that you' you 're desiring yeah with this there 's so many more variables, you know the weights go up and down a little, but it 's generally within the range that you want it to be.
1: Today's program is proudly brought to you by Whole Foods Market, America's healthiest grocery store with more than 400 locations throughout the United States. Download the Whole Foods Market app on your smartphone for recipes, sales, information, and digital coupons. Or visit WholeFoodsMarket.com to find a store closest to you. Have you listened to A Taste of the Past? It's a show devoted to connecting our current food world with its storied past. Host and culinary historian Linda Palaccio welcomes chefs, scientists, authors, scholars, and revolutionaries into the studio to discuss food culture and history from around the globe.
2: Have you seen the culture of food change over oh, the past 25, incredible. 30
1: years? It's been incredible. Linda covers content ranging from the history of black chefs in the White House to behavioral psychology and the evolution of Italian food in America. You can listen to A Taste of the Past anytime on heritageradionetwork.org or on iTunes and Stitcher.
3: The next stop on the tour is a few miles down the road, a 75-acre farm where Territorial enacts a vigorous variety trialing program in addition to producing seed for their catalog. Here's owner Tom Johns again.
4: Well, one of the, the major things we do at the farm is actually for research. We have uh, our research trial grounds and we'll bring in thousands of varieties every year and they will they have to pass a test of top performance at the farm they're always being judged against other varieties that we're currently offering and so many times we may discover something that's better than we're currently offering or we f- discover things that make a good addition, too. So it's, uh, it's really a contest, and we take strict notes all through the season so we can make a determination if that variety is, makes it into the pages of the catalog. We look at it, it's like a vegetable Olympics. The best, the best performing varieties actually will make it into the catalog.
3: These vegetable Olympians will also be considered for seed production on-site, Territorial largely focuses on self-pollinating varieties, crops like lettuce, tomatoes, and peppers, a whole lot of beans, and a little bit of eggplant. Each season, they grow seed for a couple of cucumbers and three winter squash cultivars, all of which are outcrossers and require larger isolation distances.
4: It takes a lot of research, takes a lot of time, and it takes a lot of energy from people, but we know from our research that uh, they are going to be top performing and always taste is at the top of the list and yields are top of the list because we want to make sure that for the effort that the the gardener and grower goes through that they're going to have the most amount of produce uh, from their effort.
3: A trial farm doesn't look like a regular farm even to the untrained eye. Instead of long lines of singular crops set up for ease of harvest, Everything here is planted in short rows, blocked together by crop and again by cultivar. There are four foot blocks of collards, cabbage, both red and green, purple sprouting broccolis, but against purple kales. All are flied by short wooden stakes with white plastic rain-resistant labels stapled to them. Black type lists vegetable names and strings of numbers. The crops themselves don't look like anything anyone would buy at a farmer's market. These veggies have borne the brunt of an Oregon winter without the protection of row cover or greenhouse plastic, and that's by design, just like this well-thought-out crop grid. Territorial staffers want to compare and contrast the agronomic viability of the seeds they might someday sell to their customers. The beets might look, well, weather-beaten, and mustard greens might not be salad-worthy, but the vast majority are winter-hardy, a big selling point for farmers and gardeners these days. Plus, these surviving crops are poised to pass another important test, arguably the most important stage of trialing the tasting. After dipping my boots into a basin full of bleach solution, I step into the field with Horticultural Development Director Aaron Jeske.
6: So, we're looking at a new uh, collard that we just started selling this year called High Crop. And um, you can see, you'll see a couple different collards here, and this one's different um, because of a few reasons, the leaf is darker, which I really like. The margins are more wavy, which gives it a little bit more unique uh, uh, leaf quality compared to your traditional, maybe smoother yeah. uh, leaf collar. Just maybe a little bit more savoyed on some of these. Like, I mean, it's just a little bit different. And the the really cool thing that stood out to me on this one was the flavor. Actually, this was way sweeter than the other two.
2: Can we taste it?
6: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, if you find a good leaf. Yeah. Maybe that one. So. So, when I taste that, I got a real initial sweetness. I mean, it's still, it's still colored. But yeah, it's
2: got the, a little bit of the grassy brassica taste, but mm-hmm. it's still, yeah, it's sweet. Yeah. Do you have like a systematic way that you taste trial things or do? But yeah,
6: I have a, a flavor evaluation form. So if there's something really specific I want to pull off, uh, or some data points I want to pull out of a variety, I'll, I'll bring out my flavor form and a couple people that are good at filling those out, or have good sensory qualities or uh, perception, and uh, see what people have to think about these.
2: How do you get that job as a taster?
3: You got
6: uh, I volunteer people actually.
2: <laughs> that
3: sounds like
6: sometimes fun. it's not the most fun. when You come to hot peppers.
3: Yeah. <laughs> For Heritage Radio Network, I'm Holly Cederholm and this is my final episode of The Farm Report. Stay tuned for the return of Aaron Fairbanks, and as always, thank you for listening.